Blog Talk Radio.
for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety. And did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence. Because we know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified. That your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people we need you God to take us to another level in you Lord God we're faced with demonic forces God Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in 
their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need your light never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee, and healing is in your wings, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord, every demonic force, Lord, God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. I've run out of answers, I've run out of time And I'm so confused that I'm losing my mind It's gonna take a miracle to help me this time I'm traveling a road that has not one time
heavy for me Have nowhere to go So I'm down on my knees I'm trying to see the forest But there's this one tree Can't understand why I'm sinking so deep Help me Help me Won't you help Hoffman says she was tormented by voices. It had started in 2009. She was a freshman in high school and had just come out of a physically, sexually, and mentally abusive relationship. She became angry and was filled with guilt and shame. My heart became callous after the abusive relationship because I felt like I could just never get right with God. Like I felt like I was too far gone. Like I had messed up too much. Having pushed her Christian upbringing aside, Alexis would spend the rest of her high school years filled with drinking, drugs, sex, and cutting. By now, her parents, Ted and Robin, had realized the life their daughter was living. When the only thing that your daughter ever gave you was joy, and then you find out that she's on drugs, 
sex, you know, alcohol, pretty sharp. By her senior year, she was being tormented by nightmares. Then came the voices. They tell me I'm useless and ugly, that I'm worthless and dirty. They tell me to just die, and I believe them. I remember having this obsession with, like, stabbing. I would sneak out into the kitchen, and I would start taking one knife at a time and bringing it into my room. One day, her mom found a stash of knives and suicide notes. Immediately, she took her daughter to the ER, and Alexis was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. I am just talking to God and saying, Lord, you said, and your word says that she is yours and you will not let her anything happen to her. And I know that your word is true and I believe you. Over the next four years, Alexis would be in and out of 20 different psych wards, diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia, among others. Even being heavily medicated didn't quiet the voices or ease her torment. My life was a living hell, and not only my life, but my family's. There's no joy, just empty, just not knowing what was going to happen, and, and me not knowing either how to help her. When you looked into her eyes, there was an absolute dead stare, always. And she never, ever had that. She always had the most beautiful smile, and her eyes were always sparkling. And it wasn't my little girl. Now, unable to hold down a job and on disability, Alexis was prone to violent fits of rage. She had no control over her actions, often blacking out. When Alexis got mad, whew, it was not pretty. It was, it was scary. I had even said to my husband, we should get locks on the bedroom door. One time, she woke up in a pool of blood after cutting herself 40 times. And I would be so ashamed, like, what did I just do? Like, that's not me. Why did I do that? That is not how I act. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I keep doing this. Who is that? Exhausted, Alexis told her family she was going to kill herself. I've got these voices telling me what to do. I'm seeing things. And I said, I'm just tired. I'm so tired. I'm at war with myself, and I can't do it anymore. Robin and I were preparing ourselves for her to kill herself. And you talk about that's, that's tough when you have to prepare yourself. The next day, Robin took Alexis to a healing conference where Pastor Todd White was ministering. Alexis went to the altar. I thought to myself, these meds aren't working. These doctors can't help me. And I said a prayer to God. I said, God, if you're real, then I need you to show up. And I need you to show up in a big way. And if you don't, I'm killing myself tonight. Then, Pastor White prayed for her. I can see her eyes going crazy. I knew that she had devils. I just looked at her and said, come out. And she fell to the floor, screaming. I remember my mouth just opening so wide, and these screams of horror were coming out. Screams, hissing, growling. I just felt stuff come out of my body, like I could physically feel things leave. She got free and got delivered, not because of anything except the authority of the name of Jesus. I felt a peace that I had never felt before. Like, I could hear myself think. I felt restored and I felt new. And the love of God that I felt in that moment was like nothing I've ever felt before. Alexis rededicated her life to God and asked for forgiveness of her sins. 
I was repenting like for past things and everything, but I knew in my heart of hearts too that that those were cast into the sea of forgetfulness and I was on this new this new path with him. We were up all night just praising God and just the miracle that happened. If you're wondering if God can heal people with a mental condition, the answer is yes, because he healed my daughter. Alexis stopped all her psych meds and has been free from mental illness ever since. Today, Alexis is married to Jonah. She's a substitute teacher and loves her new purpose in life, helping others find freedom from mental illness through Jesus Christ. If there's one thing I can tell you, it would be to cling to hope, and that is Jesus. Keep going to Him. Don't get tired or weary of going to Him. He's the only solution to your problems. My story begins actually before I was born. In 1945, when my father was discharged from the Navy after having served in World War II, he came out of the service with what now would be called PTSD. At the time, it was simply called battle fatigue, combat fatigue, whatever. And at the time, because World War II was the good war, that there was very little understanding of what veterans came out of war with. After the war, he and my mother, who had married, they had married before World War II, both of them were scientists, highly educated, very intelligent people, um, did what every other couple did. They started having children, raising a family, and for a number of years, my father was able to hold it together with the help of my mom. But six months before I was born, my father was committed to a veterans hospital, and I'd actually never met him. Um, he was in a VA hospital here in Southern California for the next two years until, for whatever reasons, he got a pass to go out for a couple of days and took his own life. Um, my mother then was raising four children, myself and my three older siblings. We always heard that my father had died because of things that happened to him during World War II. That was true, but um, nobody ever filled in the gaps as to what actually happened. And then later on, other issues came up in the family. And throughout that whole period of time, the church never talked about things like mental illness, suicide, any of that. And my experience as a, as a child, as a young person, as a teenager, even as a young adult, that when the church could not talk about mental illness, then it felt like God couldn't either. And suicide in particular brings with it issues and questions that no other death does. If my father had died of cancer or of a heart attack, yes, it would have been tragic, it would have been hard, it would have been all of those things. But suicide, death by suicide, brings a whole other set of questions. Where is God in the midst of it? What is my right, I mean, what did I do that caused it? Uh, does God hate, did God hate my father? Did God hate my family? All of those kinds of questions. But at least for me, in the era that I was growing up, in which I was growing up, we did never talk about those kinds of things at all. I was 16 before I actually found out how my father died. I did not go into ministry to get into this kind of to get into this kind of work, but God has a God has a bizarre sense of humor at times. I do remember saying to a friend the other day that the first time I ever heard the word mental illness or suicide being talked about in church was a sermon I did as a young associate minister 30 plus years ago. What precipitated that sermon was the senior minister with whom I was working, wanting us to do a wanted me and him to do a. Um, 
a sermon series during Lent on, on healing, the healing miracles. I went into that thinking, oh, brother, I don't want to do this. And so I finally said to God, okay, I will focus in on whatever healing miracle is the very first one that Jesus does. So I sit down, I still remember I was in the church library at the time. I was maybe 27 years old. In the church library at the church I was serving, 27 years old, open up my Bible to the Gospel of Mark, the first of the, the, chronologically, the first of the Gospels, started reading, and got to the first healing miracle and silently said to myself a four-letter word that I will not repeat. Because that healing miracle was the casting out of a demon of the man in the Capernaum synagogue. That was the very first healing miracle. I sat there and thinking, this is not funny. <laughs> this is, I don't want to do this. But I kept reading and I started making notes of how many of where issues around mental illness, I mean, first century understanding, so the demon or whatever it was, where, where, how many times those things appeared in the gospel. And what I realized is that there are more miracles and healing stories of people with mental illness of some kind or another than all the other healing stories combined. That got my attention. And so that Sunday, I, from the pulpit that I, of the church I was serving, I shared that story and for the first time broke the silence about my father's situation. And I did so not to draw attention to myself, but to say, this happens in every family. This, that mental illness, issues around suicide, all of that, do not discriminate again, around gender, age, race, background, economics, any of that. And also then looked at that story of the man being healed in the Capernaum synagogue and realized that what Jesus did, yes, was a miracle, but the fact that he was not afraid of the man, the fact that he engaged the man, the fact that he had compassion for the man, those are the real miracles. And that's what the body of Christ needs to be about. And also that the man himself in the, in the Capernaum story cries out, Jesus, Son of God, what do you have to do with us? Well, that is the cry of every person who is wrestling with mental illness or every family, our loved one of somebody who is also wrestling with mental illness. What do you have to do with us, God? And that if the church doesn't speak out, if the church does not reach out, then that question gets answered nothing. But in fact, what I've discovered in 35 years of ordained ministry, that the church has everything to do and therefore God has everything to do, and that that is a central calling. And it's not, um, Matt, not only in terms of um, specifically having a set-aside mental health ministry, but really looking at the life of the congregation, all the ways that we connect people, all the ways we provide people hope, all those in, in the jargon of the time that we provide, quote, protect, protective factors that, um, that, that research and psychiatry and everything else show help people who are dealing with mental illness and help with their families. That's the local church, and that's what we need to be about. I started my period when I was 10. My hormones were raging out of control. I lost my virginity at 13. It would be my intimacy would be my self-medication of choice. I tried to commit suicide at 15. I didn't know how to do better. My sister would always say, you know, 
you're either really, really happy or you're really, really sad. You're never just okay. And you're a worry wart. You worry about everything. I thought it was normal. I didn't know any better. But I did have this unbearable emotional pain that seemed to chronically yet progressively grow stronger as the days, months, and years went by. So what do you do as an African-American Christian woman? I turn to God. I build my relationship with Jesus. I pray. I read my Bible. I'm singing. I lead praise and worship. I'm celibate. Off and on. (laughs) But I'm actively pursuing God. I had a Jewish coworker share with me that she had been on medication and been seeing a therapist since college. Her story helped me think about going on medication, but I wasn't convinced. I thought, God will fix me. And all the while, God was saying, go to the doctor. You see, in our community, we barely want to go to the doctor for glaucoma, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, cholesterol. We definitely are not going to the doctor for a mental illness. July 2nd, 2013. I am in a cycle of panic, tears, death, repeat, panic, tears, death, repeat, panic, tears, death, repeat, panic, tears, death, repeat. I feel like my body is going to shatter into a million different pieces. I'm pleading with my father, Daddy, please take me to the doctor, take me to the hospital. And he's like, let's just smoke some weed. (laughs) Daddy, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to smoke weed with you. Take me to the hospital. In his defense, he was hesitant because he knew they would put me on a 5150. I had no idea what that was. I just knew at the hospital, there was medication. We didn't go to the hospital. Instead, we found a psychiatrist that had a next day crisis appointment available. She looked at me and said, your serotonin is negative. That is your body's natural mood stabilizer. You need to be on medication. I eagerly agreed. After about a week of medication, the euphoria of nothing bothers me was incredible. I felt like I could breathe. I felt like I was drowning underwater. And I kind of was coming up for air, coming up for these sips of air. And medication brings your head above water, and then to your shoulders, and then to your chest, and then to your waist, and the next thing you know, you're walking down the shoreline. It was a peace that I had been longing to feel forever. I remember turning to my sister and saying, why did I do this ages ago? Everybody should be on medication. The world would be such a better place. My diagnosis didn't come right away. I had weekly psychiatry and therapy appointments. I had a medication cocktail that needed to be fine-tuned. I had a negative reaction to a generic medication that ultimately revealed my diagnosis. I had bipolar disorder two. Bipolar disorder one, you have really, really high manic phases and depressive lows. Bipolar disorder two, super productive phases, they call hypomania, but really, really low depressive lows which is why bipolar disorder 2 has a higher rate of suicide. 
my initial reaction. Yes! Thank you, God! You see, my symptoms were the problem. The diagnosis was the solution. It was my answered prayer. Now that I knew what I was dealing with, I could figure out how to treat it. I could figure out how to manage it. With the help of my holistic psychiatrist, my trusted therapist, my village of family and friends, I could do better. So now I'm cured, right? Wrong. No. So my pastor tells a story about when you're cooking a pot of gumbo, you can't just stir at the top. You've got to take the spoon and go down and stir all of it because it's not going to cook right. It's going to get sticky. You got it. All that stuff has to come up. My Panamanian mother, she eats rice probably almost every day. When you're cooking rice at the bottom, it's kind of burnt. In Panama, they call that the conkalum. You would just throw that out, right, because it's burnt. In Panama, if you throw that out of the Panamanian household, you might get a whipping. Family members fight over the conkalum. Kind of crunchy, kind of hard, a little bitter. You might crack a molar when you're trying to bite into it. You know, some may call it an acquired taste. I call it self-work. It's the goodness that's tucked away. It's the payment over time. It's the do better. My mental management kit is easy to remember because it's the acronym for meds, and my meds are non-negotiable. M is for medication. I take it every day. E is for exercise. I practice yoga two to three times a week. E is also for emotional support animal. That's a Leo. <laughs> That's my baby. I've had him for a year and a half. I have not had one major depressive episode since I've had him. I also get 10 to 12,000 steps a day walking him. Studies have shown that yoga and aerobic exercise increase serotonin production and release. D is for diet. I try to eat healthy. I try to make healthy choices. But more importantly, my diet is an identifier of symptoms. If I feel like I don't want to eat or I go days without eating, I notify my doctor. S, don't mess with my sleep. Don't do it. Don't mess with my sleep. It's not pretty. She's not nice. Don't do it. On average, adults need seven to nine hours of sleep. Every single night. My sweet spot is seven and a half hours. But again, sleep is also an identifier of symptoms. If I feel like, you know what, I don't need to sleep. If I'm oversleeping, if I feel like I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to deal with life, if I can't fall asleep, if I'm waking up in the middle of the night with racing thoughts, I contact my doctor. If you have a mental illness, I encourage you to share your story to mental well-being. The way to destigmatize is to normalize by vocalizing. By sharing my story, I'm changing the narrative from I'm ashamed of this mental illness to 
I'm proud of how I've accepted this diagnosis as a gift from God. I'm healthy, and I'm shaping into a beautiful, brilliant, outgoing, genius, powerful, amazing, 41-year-old, purpose-driven human being that I was created to be. My name is Leonka Lyons, and I am better. And I dare anyone to argue with that. Thank you.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. What some beautiful harmonizes right there. I'm going to learn to sing one day, and I'll be able to harmonize like that or even better. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> beautiful song. I love that song right there. And uh, this morning, I have some live uh, testimonies. My friend Brenda, uh, I think Brenda's in Chicago now. But anyway, she's coming in in a little bit to testify. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask Sister Irene if she would come in and give us her testimony this morning. Good morning, Sister Irene. God bless you. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks, Barbara. How are you? I'm blessed. Can't complain. Yes. I'm, I'm happy to to talk about God. I was before, I gave a testimony before, and it was all talk about myself. Like, it was, I think it was April of this year. And I talked about how, and then I gave my life to Jesus. I talked about the difficulties in my marriage, uh, alcohol in my family, suicidal children. And I talked about all these things that happened to me, well, I should have talked about more what God did for me in all my troubles. I remember coming on the show wondering if you could understand me and if I could understand you because Dutch is my native language and then it became English, then English with an Australian accent and I'm listening here to English with an American accent. It gets a little bit confusing sometimes, so please bear with me. I'll do my best. Uh, I really like to start is giving thanks to God make my life a testimony for you I'm not ashamed of you Lord you've shaped my life by showing your mercy your grace, your goodness your love Lord you've taken away the darkness in me and filled me with your holiness Heavenly Father thank you for choosing me for giving me the opportunity to speak what I know about you. I know that you are almighty God. You are holy. You are the beginning and the end. I know you love me. I know you are righteous. I know you are a forgiving God. I know about your mercy and your grace. And I know because I've tasted your goodness. Jesus, you are enough, ever enough, always enough, more than enough. There is no one else like you, Lord. And it's good if we can open our hearts this morning and let us rejoice in you because you are our God. I pray this in Jesus' name. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. You know, giving a testimony is usually talking about what happened in your life. But I'll speak about what I did wrong myself, not what was wrong what was done to me, but what I did wrong. Every day life is a testimony, really, every moment that you live. This week, I faced a bit of a challenge. I had trouble with understanding, a challenge that I had trouble with, understanding, with the God, which I usually do, and asked him about it. And he set me free. I trusted him. Because whatever problem I've got, I take it to Jesus. You know, I love wearing jeans and jackets. 
ladies' jeans, ladies' jackets, uh, very short hair, which I love. Some of my married friends got the same haircut because they think it's a smart look. And recently I've been called gay. And I got a bit of a shock because I'm not. I did see a photo of myself and I understood why it didn't look good. I did look not good. Bit manly and I didn't like it either. Everyone that knows me personally laughs when I'm telling them that there are people that think that I'm gay because they know me. But I did feel sad and upset about it. It, it worried me. Of course, again, I took my problem to God because he's the only one that knows my heart. He knows everything about me. I ask forgiveness for giving the wrong impression. Not about being gay, because I'm not. I never was. I never entertained such thoughts. I don't want to think about this. I never thought about any of this before. And then I thought, I can go to God with this. This is beautiful. I can talk it over. What if you don't have a God? What if you don't believe? And I think, no wonder the world is a mess, because there is nothing. So, Lord, I pray for those who don't know you because it's terrible. I also pray for those who are sick, lonely, forgotten by family, homeless. Lord, help us who do know and who do know you well to be that light in their darkness. I ask you to help me to be bold speaking about your love. I do thank you for being in my life. And I want to give you only you, Lord, all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Also, my selfishness. Oh, boy, problems. More than I thought. I thought it was pretty good, but selfishness has caused me problems. I've taken too much time from a friend who didn't really have that time to give to me. I took away from her work, and I'm ashamed. It's selfishness. And it impacted on others. I failed my witness. And that hurts. And then I failed my witness for God. He died for me and I'm selfish. I will change because I do want to please God more than anything else in life. That's the most important to me of all. My God is faithful. He's loving. He's kind. I've got another flaw. It doesn't stop. I'm living too much in the flesh and not in faith. Then I gave my life to Jesus. It was the most important decision I had ever made. To be made righteous, in right standing with the Holy God. Through my faith in Jesus, he forgave my sins. And he took it all upon himself. He shed his blood for me so I could live. Whoa, how great is this? Because it says in Romans, for... If then we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So how much more now, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life because he lives. I used to share my need between the righteousness of God and my own righteousness. Whatever was convenient for my needs. I was led by the flesh, not by faith. I deceived myself. By not trusting God. I'm usually a very confident person. And it made me blind to the truth. Then a dear friend pointed it out to me. 
And my first reaction was, no way, I have faith, I do trust. Then I asked myself, am I willing to pray for God to show me the broken pieces in my heart? Of course I took it to God. I love my Savior. I want it out of this mess. I want my heart and my mind and my soul cleared up. And God does answer. It was on a Saturday. And the next day I went to church and the preaching was all about righteousness and faith. The pastor also talked about mediocre Christians. And I realized that was me. I was a mediocre Christian. I never thought that. I thought I was pretty good. I wanted to be 100% in my walk, in my faith and in my trust. So what am I doing? Faith is not only belief without seeing, it's trusting without reservation. Barbara always says we are made for his pleasure. She mentioned that so often. And I think, yes, and I want him to delight in me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. I will do away this blessing. I will trust him. It is you I want, Lord, because there is no, no one else but you. It says in John that if... I love you and keep and obey your commandments, I will receive the Holy Spirit. And I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I knew that if I genuinely want to improve my relationship, I must be willing to face the truth about the inside of me. And I own what's mine to address. And then the Lord promises that when I ask for his insight, he will come, it will come to pass. He will set me free. And again, I must examine my motives. Are they Christ-centered or self-focused? You know, this program, Jesus in the Morning, is a great blessing to me. Congratulations, Mr. 12th anniversary, Sister Barbara. Confident that there are another 12 years coming or 24. I've been coming here now for, I think it's four or five months. I'm not quite sure. And God made that happen. I was introduced to this program, and I've been so blessed by it. There are no coincidences with God. Lord, I thank you for the many, many blessings in my life. He signed his name upon my heart. I was made for loving him. He leads me, he feeds me, he protects me, he has bought me with his precious blood. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this past week, God dealt with me in matters of the flesh, of the faith, of mediocrity. He restored what was broken. He healed the hurts that I had. I'm so thankful for his love. He is life. And, you know, they are miracles. The healing, the restoring. Yesterday I heard on the show a testimony about the man that got healed. And I remember my son had hepatitis C. And the specialist was going to start a year's treatment. I forgot the name, but I, I think it was, I'm not sure what the name now was. Interferon, I think. And we prayed about it. And before we went back to the specialist, we celebrated his healing with a family dinner. When we came to the specialist, 
and he had done all the tests to prepare him for treatment. He came back with us, to us with a stunned expression on his face saying, the hepatitis is gone. There's no trace. So we told him it was God who healed him. And we thanked God right there and then. Specialists didn't know what to do or say, so we prayed for him as well. Don't know what happened to him, but we do know that we have a God of miracles. And I know I've been forgiven. I know my debts are paid. I know my name is clear before my father. I'm his child. I'm not afraid. In Romans it says, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I will take every one of my problems to God. It's the only way I can live 100% for him. And I will never hold back. You know, we listen to the song Mercy often on this show and I absolutely love it. And I just want to read the words at the moment because it is kind of a testimony as well. I'm living proof of what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. He took the old, he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God can do. And I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's his goodness and mercy. It's the power of his blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. It's the goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. For all the things I've done, the things I've said, the choice I've made that I regret, I would still be lost. Oh, but the mercy of God. And I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's his goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My testimony is really all about God's love for me. I've been saved for 63 years. Thank you, Jesus. And be not listening to Jesus in the morning by accident. It is God who brought us all here. So please, let us take some time today to reflect on God's mighty work of salvation in our lives. And instead of approaching the Lord with a whole list of requests, simply praise Him for His faithfulness, righteousness. Because when our heart is full of praise, worries dissipate. And we can trust God to provide for all our needs in His own timing. He could hold of me. He didn't let go. He never gave up on me. He was and is my safe place. He is my hiding place. Thank you. Thank you all. And God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. This is the request. That's beautiful too. I love it. It's okay. Okay. It's good. What the mercy of God can do 
If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. Took the old hand he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God can do. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome His goodness and mercy and the power of His blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. Goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. So much power in the blood.
and it has been a very long time since Brenda and I kind of church together. We used to church together almost every night uh, when I lived in a place called Fairbanks, Alaska. And uh, today it's a privilege to have her here. Brenda, at this time, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Good morning, Barb. How are you? I am blessed. I can't complain. That's a blessing. It's so good to hear your voice. I haven't heard your voice in so long. Yes. So um, this morning, I'll tell you about my testimony. Um, so uh, how long do I have? As long as you need. <laughs> okay, thank you. So um, about um, this is my testimony just um, about how good God is and about um, how the Lord will lead you and guide you when you listen to him and when you're in a relationship with him, you know? Um, so about two years ago, uh, two years ago um, in May, uh, no, two years ago in March, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, I um, was not at that time when I got the diagnosis, I was not afraid. Um, I, when my doctor called me and told me, uh, Brenda, you know, you have breast cancer, you know, and I was just like, oh, okay, and that's exactly what I said, and um, and I said, oh, she said, well, do you need anything? I said, no, I'll talk to you later. So I got off the phone. I talked to my husband. I told my husband what the doctor said, and I said, but you know what? I'm not claiming that. I said, she said I was diagnosed. I'll never say I have this, I have that, um, you know, um, and I called my best friend, called my sisters, and I told them. I only told, like, three people, and I said, I want you to pray for me. I said, that's it. Don't share this news with anybody else. Just pray for me. And um, so they told me by May we want, and this is during COVID, when COVID, like, really just first started. And so during May, they told me, well, well, in March, they told me, well, Brenda, we want to do a, do surgery on you in May. And um, I got before the Lord, and I was like, Lord, you know, what should I do? Um, asking him, you know, how should I go about this? Do I need this surgery? Um, you know, what should I do? And the Lord told me to go ahead and have the surgery. I had the surgery. Um, I was out of work for six weeks when I had the surgery. But then the doctor came back to me and said, well, Brenda, um, I'm sorry, but we need to operate and cut off your right breast. And I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, you know what? Let me fast and pray. Let me get before you. I said, because this is about to change right now. I said, there is no way that they're cutting on my body again. I said, and I, I just, I just refused to accept that. And so I went before the Lord. The Lord told me to fast for seven days. Uh, the Lord told me to get before him in prayer, and he would give me an answer on what to do. Um, I did that, and after the seven days, the Lord told me, do not have that surgery. And so um, the doctor called me in and said, Brenda, um, can, we just, um, can we just take some tissue from you to see if that cancer is still there? Um, and I said, yes, you can do that. I said, but I don't want, like, you, you're trying to, you know, do anything else with me. And so when they went in and looked and took the tissue from me, Barb, there was nothing there, no cancer. They found nothing. And, I, and I'm like, Lord, thank you, because if I had just gone on and let them cut off my breast, you know, um, 
you know, for no reason, you know, yes. and not saying that it wasn't for a reason, but I believe God just healed me and, um, and took that cancer away from me. And I'm really just uh, happy to say that, you know, when you have a relationship with the Lord and you can go oh, to the yes. Lord and talk to him and pray, pray with him and wait for him to give you an answer, you know, that's what we need to be doing as children of God, mm-hmm. you know, not just going on what the doctor says, not just going on what anybody else says, but just really seeking God and believing that he's going to come through for you and believing that he's going to give you an answer. So I'm here today just, you know, cancer-free, and I just thank God for that. Amen. Amen. That's the God that I know, Brenda. I don't know these other gods. Amen. The God that I know, he's a healer. Yeah. Yes. He's a heart fixer. He's a mind yes. regulator. He's a deliverer. Yes, he is. He's a supplier. Yes. But we got to get yes. the form and get the form yes. from a sincere heart. See, it's, it's the yes. word that says this. They that worship me must worship me in spirit yes. and in truth. So when we go yes. to God for real and we had the patience to wait on him, don't get afraid. Yes. Because yes. if you news like that, that'll shake you. Yeah, I don't care how long yes. you've been in the faith. That will shake you. Yep. But when you know God yep. for yourself, you can go yes. to him in sincere prayer. Go to him from your yes. heart and tell God. I remember, Brenda, even when I was in Fairbanks, and uh, we used to talk with Minister Ricky Love. Uh-huh, yep. Two of my toes on both feet was oozing some kind of fluid. I mean, it was horrific. Mm-hmm. My feet were cracking open. I didn't know what was going on. And I went to the doctor. No. Yeah, I went to the doctor, and she looked at it, and they took blood and this and that and a little sample of the fluid and all of that, and I left. Well, about two or three days later, I had gone to the store. And mm-hmm. I was in the store, and I was praying about it. Because they come to me, uh, you 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 need to pray about this. You going on like nothing is wrong with your feet. Do you see them feet tore up? My so I begin to pray. I was driving the van and I begin to pray. I said, Lord, don't let these people take nothing off my feet. I said, God, I danced before you with these feet, and if they uh-huh. remove toes, I won't be able to dance. I said, Lord, heal uh-huh. my. I went on about yes. my feet. Brenda, the next day, you could see the difference in my feet. Oh, so I Amen. went on back to the doctor. She looked at the feet. Well, she looked at the diagnosis they had. Never did read it to me, whatever they found. But she looked at my feet because she saw them before. Mm-hmm. She said, what did you? She said, never mind. I already know what you did. <laughs> She said, get out, Marvin. Go, go ahead on. Your feet is perfect now. Just get out. Just get out. Oh, my goodness. That's Thank exactly. That's yes, the type of God we serve. That's the God we serve right now. Jehovah, yes. Almighty God. Yes, yes, yes. There's no higher power. So, look, yes. she wanted me to get on out of there, Brenda, because she didn't want to start running and shouting all around and then they put her out. <laughs> him. 
If you look yes. over the hundred and fifth Psalm, it says, Talk of his wondrous works and make mm-hmm. known his deeds among the people. You can't yes. claim what the doctor tell you. Don't claim it. Don't claim it. Listen. That's right. That's right. The power of life mm-hmm. and death is in your tongue. Yes. Yes. You listen to them. Some people go for these regular checkups, the this, the that, the mm-hmm. scans, the mammograms. Let me tell you what I go for prayer. Yeah, I go for prayer. Because if you see, you're going to find. Money is in this for these people. Money yes, is yes. in it. Yes, yes. A friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And they told me this. When I went back, every time I went back, they was checking my insurance to see if I had more money. I had more than oh, enough. Wow. But anything, if, if I needed to have surgery every day, I had more than enough. But mm-hmm. they wanted more to make more money off of me. So they wanted me to go to a whole nother city and do some kind oh, of wow. study and he said, I told him, no, nah, I, I look here, <laughs> I can't do all of that because nothing is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. He said, you, you, you tested me and it come up negative for cancer. I don't need radiation. I don't need nothing. Right. Yeah. But they was trying to get him to do all of this stuff because they was making the money off of it. Oh, my goodness. They were trying yes. to give you radiation treatments and you didn't even have yes. cancer? Yeah. And if oh they would have removed your breast, guess what? It really would have been mm-hmm. insane, but God used that yep. burner to increase your faith. Yes. yes. So that you can come up in yes. your faith. Look, we all mm-hmm. need to come up in our faith and in trust in God. Because these medical people, they after money. I have yes. an old yes. Brenda, this man, mm-hmm. should be. And he don't play no games. Sharp as a tack. I mean, real sharp in his mind for an older <laughs> man like that. Uh huh. He and I we fight over things, and then he said, "I I got to go. Just go ahead on. Do what you want to do. I told you what you need." <laughs> well, I'm not gonna do that, Doctor Mosheria, but I got what I'm gonna do. I'm going on on my way home. I'm gonna be doing it, and then when I get home, I'm gonna do it some more because I can go before the throne of grace anytime. Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about? He said, "Bad yes. for seven days." And when she went back, nothing. Yes. Nothing. Yes. That's yes. Almighty God that have all the power. It is. It is. Yes. There's no hot. So, Brenda, are you in Chicago? No. Um, I am about an hour away from Chicago. Uh, I'm in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm about an hour away from Chicago. Yeah, I thought it was Illinois. I wasn't sure. And I haven't talked mm-hmm. to Rick. Uh, in a very long mm-hmm. time, and uh, usually, yeah. you know, I keep in touch with him and Vern, but I haven't heard uh, nothing mm-hmm. from him. Last, last time I saw Little Rick Brenda, he looked like he was six seven. Was so <laughs> oh my I said, goodness! I said, Rick, wow, the boy over there, he said, the boy just growing, <laughs> the boy just growing, <laughs> and uh, he was playing basketball really good at one point. And uh, mm-hmm. that's their only sign, so he got some sisters, and them sisters stay on top of him, you know, to make sure uh-huh. he's a yep. kind of man that, you know, they were wanting their lives mm-hmm. and somewhat like his dad, you know, who's going to take care of, you know, mm-hmm. family business. So yeah. Um, said, yeah, this boy just growing. I said, y'all feed him something, uh, a weed fertilizer, a growth, stop your <laughs> over there. 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I thank God for hearing your voice as well. It has been a long you time. You too, Yes, yes. I'm grateful unto the Lord today. Yes. And when I saw your message this morning, I said, oh, look at this, look at this. <laughs> and I got excited <laughs> the other day, and, and I was busy, and I sent the cell number to you instead of the show number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, every day, and, and my phone this morning kept popping up, popping up. I thought, oh, that's Brenda. She can't get in. Let me hurry up and do this and do that. And I looked back at the number. I said, oh, look what you did. You done sent her the phone <laughs> But God oh, is faithful. That's okay. Yes, I'm glad it all worked out. Yes, yes. And worked out for your good today in your testimony. Yes. Ooh, what a yes. mighty God we serve. Listen, yes. I want to dedicate this one to you and your husband this morning. Thank you. And uh, tell him I said hello and God bless him. And uh, I'm just going to do this dedication. And when we come back, we're coming back with our message of the day. Pastor Terry K. Anderson this morning for the Terry K. Lovers. And uh, the title of his message today is Believing in What You Can't See. Believing in what you can't see. I love that territory. I can't help myself. <laughs> so, when I'm dedicating this to you, and God bless you real good. God bless you with uncommon favor, with uncommon blessings, and uncommon miracles. In Jesus' name, I speak that in upon Jesus you today. Name. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Yes, Thank God you. bless you. God bless you too.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. Minister Brenda Wallace this morning. Yeah, in a testimony of healing. And um, I mean, I have one, your favorite song I'll be playing for you in a little while. Yeah. I thank God. Hadn't heard Brendan forever and one day, forever and a day left tonight. And so I thank God. I muted your mic, uh, Irene, until we come back. But I thank God. I thank God for his people. Thank God for the for my past. And I, when I look back many days, it, 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 in a, a card game, they call it Trump. It out-trumps anything that old past had in there before God saved me. Yeah, when I look back at this new past, oh, it's a good day for me. Hallelujah. I can truly say that I've been saved. Yeah, I can truly say today I am one of the redeemed. Hallelujah. God redeemed me back to himself and became my father. And I'm thankful unto him this morning. So listen, we go on in with Pastor Terry K this morning. And uh, the title of his message is Believing in What You Can't See. Hallelujah. Bibles again to the book of Genesis at chapter number 15. Genesis at chapter 15, verses 1 through verse number 6. In our continuing series of sermons, Walking with God by Faith. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou shalt be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Verse 6 reads, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You might think I'm in the early stages of dementia, but follow me. I'm on my way somewhere with this. <laughs> How many of you can remember, if you are of certain age, Horton Hears 
of who? Horton hears of who? You got to have small children around or got to be a small child yourself in your mind. Some of y'all too old to be getting with me on this sermon, but for the younger ones of us in here who can remember, Horton hears a who. You will remember that Horton was an elephant who heard something that the other animals could not hear. He heard from the little town of Whoville in a speck of dust and Horton protected that little speck of dust on a clover bloom and he sat there and he guarded it and he protected it and the other animals tied him up because they thought Horton had lost his mind because Horton could hear what no one else could hear. When you belong to God, you can hear things other people can't hear. God will show you some things that other people can't see. They thought Horton had lost his mind. And so they restricted him. And people will think something's wrong with you because you believe in, in something that you can't see. You're trusting in something that you don't have your hands on yet. But right. faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. In our text this morning, Abram hears the word of the Lord. And this word from God revolutionized his life. Let's listen in on this, on this private conversation. It's so, it's so private that it's almost impolite for us to listen in to Abraham's conversation with God. But if we listen closely, this conversation will teach us about our own walk with the Lord. Verse 1 deals with a word about Abram's fear. Abram has just returned from a great military victory. If you were here on last Sunday, you remember that some kings from the east went to war against the kings from the west. And I could not pronounce any of those names, so you just took for granted that I knew what I was talking about. And during the course of the campaign... Uh, Abram made a bitter enemy of the king of Elam and he felt in danger of attack when God comes to him with the word to comfort him in his fear. And when we are fearful, and every one of us who's honest has at some point been fearful, we need to know the peace that comes from knowing God. Now, in verse 1, this is the first time fear not appears in the Bible. But thank God it will not be the last time. Fear not uh, appears in the Bible. Dr. Frank Ray, when he was here some years ago preaching, says that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible. One fear not for every day of the year. 
Fear not. Uh, Abram, fear not. Fear not. That's peace that in the midst of your situation, God has everything under control. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is calm in the midst of your conflict. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace just means you can sleep in the middle of your trouble. Peace does not mean that you don't have any problems. Peace just means you can come to church in the midst of your problems. Peace does not mean that everything is going well. You just shout in spite of the fact that it's not going well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. I wish I had a witness. It is well. It's not always well with my money, but it's well with my soul. It's not always well with my health, but it's well with my soul. It's not always well with my family, but it is well with my soul. That's peace. The scripture says that surpasses, yeah, you got it, all understanding. But not only does he have peace that comes from knowing God, he has protection that comes from knowing God. The Lord was encamped about him, and all that he possessed, all that God provided, all that God had given him, in the midst of that, with all that God had given him, he still gave him perfect protection day and night. Look at verse 1 again. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Somebody ought to help me preach it. Psalm number 34 and verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I put my trust. Psalm number 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. God is your protection. God is your shield. God is your strength. God is your high tower. He will provide protection in the presence of your enemy. Uh, they can see you, but they can't get to you. They want you to fall, 
but they can't do nothing about you standing. They don't want you to make it, but God is your shield. I wish I had a witness here. You don't have to fear what men can do to you. God is a very present help in the time of trouble. Have I got a witness here? God will put a fence around you. God will put a bulwark around you so that the devil in hell can't stop your progress. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Don't be envious against those who work iniquity. They shall soon be cut off like grass and wither like the green herb. Go home and go to bed. Let them plot against you. God will show you where the trap is. I, I wish I had somebody here who, who God showed you some things that folk couldn't figure out how you knew that. They had already devised a scheme to make you fall, but God showed you not only where the trap was, but who said it. I need, I need somebody here who knows that God will make a way out of no way. God will protect you. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Abram is a man who has left home. He's left his family to follow God. But as yet, he has not even the slightest hint of all that he's been promised. He's following God on a promise. Somebody ought to help me here. He's following God on a word. It's not in his hands yet. He does not have possession of it. He just has a promise and God reminds him that the child of God with a promise with nothing in his hand does not need to be pitied. He needs to be envied. Don't pity me because I don't have it yet. Envy me because I'm on my way to it. Don't feel sorry for me because I ain't got it yet. Shout with me when I get it. See, the problem with you, the reason why you don't get happy, and the reason why church is just a blur for you on Sunday morning, is because you don't trust God. I say that about preachers. Preaching that's full of a whole lot of fillers and uh, high-five three people and, and run around the building and rock them and shake them and shake them and rock them and, and all of that, that's because you don't trust the Word to have power. You, you, ought, you ought to stop reading the Bible if you don't believe it. I said you ought to stop coming to church 
You ought to throw your Bible in the trash if you're not going to believe what the promises of God said. Because every promise, every promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. You may not have it yet, but keep trusting God. Um, God reminds him that he's faithful. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. That's a word about Abram's fear. But in verses 2 through verse number 5, there's a word about Abram's future. Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing that I don't have a child and all this, this steward is in my house, Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, behold, to me you have given no seed and one born in my house is my heir. And the word of the Lord said to him, this shall not be your heir, but your heir shall come from your bow. I want you to see something here about faith. Faith is just simple, childlike belief. Simple, childlike belief. Except you have the faith of a little child. If you can't trust God like a little child, trust his parents. Faith is just as simple and childlike as a child putting confidence in his or her parent. When, 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 when Victoria was a small child, two, three years old, sometimes uh, almost a year, I would put her on top of the refrigerator. And Sybil would be screaming and cussing because I had the baby on top of the refrigerator. And, and Victoria would squeal with delight and dive in my arms because it never crossed her mind that I was going to miss her. She just dove in my arms in childlike faith and somehow she knew if he caught me last time, chances are he's going to catch me this time. That's the kind of faith you ought to have in the living God. If he caught you last time, you ought to shout on the fact that even though you ain't got to the trouble yet, he's going to catch you next time. Uh, hear me. The simplicity of this faith has to do with the sovereignty of God's promise. The simplicity of the promise has to do with the sovereignty of the promise. God's promises speak a word about God's power. Hear me, brothers and sisters. Before you exercise your faith, his plans are already in motion. Before you get to use your faith, 
God is already working in your behalf. You have no idea what God is doing. You just have faith that God is going to do it. But by the time you get to it, he's already worked it out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it later on in the series. But, but Abram was taking Isaac up to, uh, to this mountain to sacrifice him because God told him to take your only son and sacrifice him. And he's on the way up there to bring him to the mountain to be sacrificed. Isaac says, Daddy, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where is the offering? Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And God said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Somebody ought to help me shout here. Now, Abraham is speaking in the abstract because he has no concrete proof that God is going to do any of what he just told Isaac. But faith don't have to have concrete proof. If God did it before, he can do it again. Those of us who read the text, you know how the story ends. When they get to the top of Mount Moriah, Isaac says, I see the wood, I see, I see the fire, where's the sacrifice? God will provide. By the time Abraham gets there, God has already provided. You know how? Because when Abraham was on his way up this side of the mountain, the answer was coming up that side of the mountain. I'm trying to tell somebody this morning, just, 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 just do what you're supposed to do. And by the time you do what you're supposed to do, God is going to be there to do what he's supposed to do because he is no shorter than his promises. I don't know how God's going to fix my child. I just believe he will. I don't know how God's going to work this thing out in my life. I just believe he will. I don't know how God is going to heal my body. I just trust God. If he did it before, he can do it again. But now, I want you to get something here. Abraham says, you promised a son. And I got this servant, Eliezer of Damascus. I'm going to have to use him to be my heir. Abraham is about 75 when he's talking like this. God waits until he's 99. At a time when he has no sexual inclination. His strength, his power sexually is gone. Sarah has been barren. God waits until there is no possible way that Abraham could have participated in his own blessing. Because if Abraham would have done it, God wouldn't get the glory. 
God waited till it was impossible, then he made a way out of no way. And God might be waiting for you to get out of your own way. He can't bless it as long as you're trying to fix it. I wish I had a witness here. He can't provide as long as you are trying to come up with a scheme. He can't bring it to pass as long as you're trying to get a hookup and trying to work it out and trying to figure it out. Get out the way. By the time you exercise your faith, God has already sent the answer. He waits until Abraham is full of years. He waits until Sarah has cobwebs in her womb. And then at 99 years old, and Sarah is 90, God says, now I'm going to give you what you've been asking for. It's not until you say, I am thine, O Lord. I've heard your voice and it told your love to me. I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer, drawn to thee. Consecrate me now to your service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. When Abraham and Sarah were too old to do it on their own, God showed up. But here's what I want you to get. The simplicity and the sovereignty of the problem or the promise of God moves us to the size of God's promise. It's right here in these verses I've read. Abram is looking for an heir. Abram was concerned about a single heir. One son. But God says, come outside. Look up to heaven. And if you can count these stars, that's how many heirs will be added to your promise. Mm-hmm. Now come here, let me, let, me, let me show you something. Abraham just wants one thing when God wants to give him everything. Stop praying for just one thing. God wants to give you everything, but you've got to expand the size of your faith. I have stopped praying small prayers. Not when I got a big God. I'm asking God for one little measly car. That, that's the least of God's blessings. All right. That's, that's small. God, God can do that. That's nothing for God to do. You're asking God for that little job. I know, Lord, I'm praying. I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's struggle. I'm going to this little piece of job. Why don't you ask God for a good job? Yes. God, a, a, a piece of man is better than no man at all. No, sir. 
Why don't you ask God for a real man? I wish I had one or two witnesses here. You asking God for a little small, minuscule, minor stuff. Enlarge your territory. Yes, sir. Have I got a witness here? Ask God for big stuff because you're asking God for big things means your faith is big. Do it, Brothers and sisters, hear me. Abram is concerned about a single heir when God is getting ready to give him more heirs than he can count. You worried about a single blessing when God wants to give you more blessings than you can count. Yes. I suspect that when we get to heaven and, uh, and, and stand before God and thank him for all he's done for us, God is going to take us to a room where there's a large door. And behind that door, God will say, these are all the blessings you could have had, but you never asked for. Yes. And listen, God ain't going to give you what you don't ask for. No, stop, stop waiting on big stuff if you're praying for little stuff. If, you're, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you run with the footmen and they have wearied you, how shall you contend with horses? If you can't make it in the land where peace and prosperity abide, what you going to do at the swelling of the Jordan? All right. Moses got to the Red Sea and he said, Lord, what am I going to do? God said, why are you crying to me? Use what you have in your hand. Can I help somebody this morning? Stop crying to God when God has given you everything you need for life and living in his word. You feeling sorry for yourself? Nobody come to see me. Nobody don't even call me from not church. Call yourself. All right. Nobody wants to spend no time with spend time with yourself. Mm-hmm. Take yourself to the movies. Come on. Take yourself to lunch. Have a good time. Get comfortable in your skin. Thank God for a reasonable portion of health and strength. Celebrate what you have. Thank God for what... Stop crying about what you don't have. Thank God for what you have left. Stop worrying about who likes you and who does not. If God be for us, who can be against us? Stop complaining about the stuff that's gone wrong in your life. You ought to be blessed and thankful that God let you make it this far. Thank you, Lord. You remember that a story in the, in the New Testament Jesus told about this man who, who hired some workers at 6 o'clock in the morning. And the workload was so heavy that he went and got some more workers at 9. And then they needed some more, and he went and got some at 12. And the work was still going on, so he got some at 3. And he couldn't finish the work, so at the ninth hour, at 5 o'clock, he went and got some more workers. 
And when he got time to pay, when, when the day was over, uh, he called the ones who came last to the windows to be paid first. And they received the day's wages. And the ones who came at 6 o'clock thought they should have gotten more than the ones who came at 5 o'clock. And they were angry. They said, we borne the burden in the heat of the day. We worked all day long. And you mean to tell me these people who just got here getting the same thing we got? And, 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 and the owner said, you agreed for what I'm paying you. All right. You ought to be thankful that I hired you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Let me say to somebody who's complaining about what somebody else has that you don't have, you ought to thank God you got something in the first place because God does not owe any of us anything but hell. Come on, he'll preach it now. I wish I had somebody to help me preach. Mm-hmm. All you deserve is punishment. Amen. We sang it this morning. He looked beyond my fault. Hallelujah. And saw my need. Abram is worried about a single heir. Mm -hmm. And God wants to give him everything. Yes, sir. That's Abraham's fear. That's a word about Abraham's future. But verse number six is where I'm trying to go. It's a word about Abram's faith. Let's look at verse number six. And he believed in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. What this verse teaches us about Abram's faith should be true about our faith as well. Let's dissect verse number six. Let's autopsy this verse for a better understanding of what kind of faith we ought to leave here with this morning. He believed in God. I I want you to see something. That that little word, in, is the most important word in this verse. He does not just believe the word anymore. He believes God. He moves from intellectual acceptance to absolute trust. Because you can conceive of God intellectually, but to believe God takes absolute trust. Yes, sir. You can read the Word of God and never believe the God of the Word. All right. You can intellectually assent, but until you have absolute trust, you don't have real faith. Preach. He believed God, Mm -hmm. and God counted it as righteousness. Yes, sir. He believed God in spite of the obstacles. Mm -hmm. He has no son. He's childless. Him and, him and Sarah devised this plan for him to lay with Hagar and they have Ishmael, but that's not God's promise. Mm-hmm. Worse than not waiting on God is wishing you had later on. They hurry ahead of God, but that's not God's promise. He is still waiting on a son. And his waiting on a son is counted 
as righteousness. Mm-hmm. Now get this. I, I worked on this a long time, so you're going to have to shout because I worked on that. I am the dumbest person in civilization when it comes to mathematics. Mm-hmm. I never could pass mathematics. Matter of fact, I had a high school friend, still a friend of mine today, uh, Kathy Baptiste. Kathy's father was a math teacher, and every time I wanted to pass a math exam, I'd sit behind Kathy because Kathy was always smarter than myself in math. Her father was a math teacher in high school, so she had all of the teacher's manuals, so she would slip them to me, so I would just put the answer on the page because I've never been smart in mathematics. Never, never, not one time, never. But I do know something about menuins and subtrahens. In subtraction, there's what's called a menuend and a subtrahend. I I worked on this a long time. I told you I'm dumb when it comes to math. So I had to really work on this, and I shouted myself when when I figured it out. There's a menuend and a subtrahend. The menuin and subtrahin, when you subtract the subtrahin from the menuin, that equals the difference. Eight minus three equals five. Eight is the menuin, three is the subtrahin, equals the difference, five. That's how it works in mathematics. A menuin minus a subtrahend equals a difference. Eight minus three equals five. Menuin minus subtrahend gives you the difference. That's how it works in Ptolemaic mathematics. But in God's mathematics... Menuin minus subtrahend equals dividend. Now, a dividend is an addition of something you have invested. And when you take something from something, it's minus something. But with God, if you take something from God, you add something. I wish I had somebody to help me preach. Menuhin, menuhin minus subtrahin supposed to be a difference. But if you trust God, the menuhin is God, subtrahin is you, the blessing is your dividend. And you walk away from God with more than you asked for, and he still got more left. Because your taking from God does not mean God don't have enough for me. Somebody ought to help me preach here. Brothers and sisters, hear me. What was the message that Abram believed that God counted it as righteousness? What was the message? What did Abram believe? That God counted it as righteousness. Abraham believed that God was sending a son. 
And when he believed in the son that God was sending, God counted it as righteousness. Abram believed in a son that God was sending. And God counted it as righteousness. I'm going to say it till you get it. Abram was looking for a son and God counted it as righteousness. Abraham put his faith in a son and God counted it as righteousness. I'm going to say it one more time. Somebody about to get it. Abraham put his faith in a son and God counted it as righteousness. One Wednesday, down in Eunice, Louisiana, I put my faith in a son and God counted it as righteousness. Somebody else here this morning, put your confidence in a son and God made you righteous. You ain't no good, but God counted you as righteous. You're not worthy, but God counted you as righteous. You don't deserve it, but God counted you as righteous. Now the son Abraham was waiting on was Isaac. But Isaac not the son I was waiting on. Isaac is the promise to Abraham. But I got another promise. I wish I had somebody to help me here. My promise is the stem of Jesse. My promise is the root of David. My promise is without form nor comeliness. And when there's in him, when he comes, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. But God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I wish I had one or two witnesses here who's waiting on a son. And I look like I believe somebody here beside myself has found out who this son is. He's the son of righteousness. He's the desire of all nations. He's the day spring of Israel. He's a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in a time of storm. He's a friend when you're friendless. He's bread when you're hungry. He's water when you're thirsty. He's a shield and a great reward. Y'all know him, don't you? He's Adam's redeemer. He's Abel's vindicator. 
He's Abraham's sacrifice. He's Noah's ark. He's Moses' bush on fire. He's Joshua's battle axe. He's Gideon's fleece. He's Samson's power. He's David's music. I feel like it this morning. He's Solomon's wisdom. He's Jeremiah's balm. He's Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of a wheel. Y'all know him, don't you? He's God's only son. He's Mary's baby boy. He's James and Jude's older brother. He's Matthew's king. He's Mark's suffering servant. He's Luke's great physician. He's John's word made flesh. He's Acts coming of the Holy Ghost. He's the only begotten of the Father. Y'all know him, don't you? He's distinctive in supernatural capacity. Superlative in sovereign majesty. Exclusive in spiritual beauty. Radiant in eternal splendor. Matchless in supernal deity. He's the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He's a bright and the morning star. He was born in Bethlehem. Reared in Nazareth. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. Y'all know him, don't you? One Friday on a hill called Calvary. He died. Didn't he die? They laid his body in a borrowed grave. He stayed there all night Friday. He stayed there all day Saturday. But bright early Sunday morning, he arose. Didn't he rise? And I'm here this morning in Lily Grove's pulpit because I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me. Is there anybody here who knows who I'm talking about? Help me call that name. Jesus, early in the morning. Jesus, late in the evening. Jesus, in the midnight hour. There's power in that name. There's joy in that name. There's hope in that name. He's a mother for you. He's a father for you. He's a doctor for you. Why don't you grab somebody? Why don't you hug somebody? Tell them you don't know like I know what the Lord, what the Lord, I know he's all right. I was coming back yesterday from preaching in Mansfield, Louisiana. Fitzgerald was driving me. And we turned on the radio to the praise station in Sirius FM. 
and I heard a song on the radio. I don't know where they got it from, but they owe me some money. Because the man on the radio said to the choir, and the choir said to the people, I don't know where they got it from. I guess they heard it on YouTube somewhere. I guess they came to Lily Grove at some point. But the man singing on the radio said to the choir to say to the audience, I know he's all right. And the audience said, after the choir said it, I know he's all right. I don't know where they got it from. They owe me some money for that. But since they're saying it, I'm going to say it one more time. I know you are. Yes! 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 even know if I believed he would fix it. But I heard my grandmother say, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Here I am testifying that when faith is going up this side, the answer is coming up that side. God will make a way out of no way.
y'all know that song? That's the old one. Everybody say, please, make sure, and forget about this song, and for, so, but I'm decided, but I Tell them the road gets rough. The road gets and the going gets tough. And the and the hills and the hard to climb. I started out, I saw a long time ago, a long time. There is no Yes, he lives in me. That was 
I was just adding that to it. Thanks. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, that was an excellent message in my book. Brother Anthony was over there messaging me again today. Oh, yeah. So I thank God for his word because his word really is a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. And forever, oh God, that word is settled in heaven. And so we're thankful unto him. Want to do roll call this morning and make sure I tell everybody good morning. And uh, those that's coming through the archives and the podcast, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, a lot of people get off work and tune in, you know. Some people come back from an appointment. I didn't hear the whole show. I'm going to go back and hear it. Yeah. And they listen over on the podcast on iTunes. And uh, some people just go to uh, free, uh, blog talk and just pull it to show up for the day from there and take a listen. And I thank you so much. I thank you so much. I did some things and the numbers uh, started declining, but that that was God. He knew what's best for us. And if it's foolishness, he's going to remove us from any foolishness because we made him our choice. I decided to make Jesus my choice. Oh, I love it, Brian. I love it. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman, and uh, to Sister Jerry and Sister Mary Ann, Sister Rose Brown, Sister Simon. Good morning to you, Sister Simon. It's been a minute. Sister Melanie Rose, Sister Angela in California, Sister Laura McGod, baby, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah, Mr. Mason, and uh, Alexis and uh, Sister Michelle and uh, Sister Andrea Spinner, Sister Andrea in Philadelphia, Sister Keisha, look at that, Brother Anthony, Sister Rita, <laughs> Sister Sion, Sister Diane was with us a couple of days, I think, this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sister Angela Foote, good morning to you. Good morning to you. God bless you. God bless you, Angela. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sister Anna Lee Foote, that's Sister Angela Mom. God bless you this morning, my friend. God bless you. And uh, to Sister Kim Hops, Sister Michelle, Sister Patricia Fluka, Sister Lisa, Sister Yvonne. I'm there on Apostle Claudia Boatwright. She's not with us today, but I heard from her this morning, I think it was. And uh, good morning to you again, Sister Irene. God bless you this morning. And uh, Brother Lewis, our main man, holding that chat room down. Pastor David, good morning to you. Good morning. Brother Justin Gilmore. Brother Frank, I will be calling him today to check on him. And I got a chance to uh, get a message from Brother Marquez Griffin. And uh, I'm grateful to the Lord that I heard from him. He said all is well. I forgot he changed jobs. So I did get to, you know, hear from him this weekend. We'll talk because he liked to call me when I'm headed to the prison. <laughs> so we'll talk this weekend. Good morning to you, Brother Jermaine and Brother D. God bless you this morning. Brother George West Harris, Brother Mike Hopps, Brother Lee Hamilton, uh, I think I said Brother Gilmore and Brother Frank and Brother Marquez. God bless you this morning. I hope I didn't leave anyone out, anyone out. I, I, oh, and Sister uh, Sylvia Joe Jones and Sister Sharon Slayton. Good morning to you, ladies, and good morning to your brothers. 
God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in with me to celebrate these 12 years that God has really blessed us to be here. And uh, I am thankful unto him because I know he won't stop right here. Yeah, he's going to keep it going. Brother Lewis is saying, baby. <laughs> Look here, that crazy Sunday early in the morning, but seeing unto the Lord. Yeah. And so I'm working on the singing lessons one day. I'm going to work on those like I'm doing. I'm still in class with Spanish. And uh, I didn't get back to the keyboard yet, but I do have it set up. And I can't stroke a few keys every now and then, but I got to get back, you know, onto everything. So I will. I will. And I'm going to finish my Spanish lessons and graduate. And I'm going to finish my keyboard lessons and play y'all a song one morning. Okay. Yes, Lord Jesus. So we thank him today for all that has been said and done. Thank him that he's on our side in spite of us. Thank God for Brenda. Thank God for Sister Irene this morning. And I'm just grateful unto Almighty God. And y'all know if you got something to say, you don't have to wait for me to ask you to press the number one. If you have something to say, you just press the number one. Your light will come on in the studio and I'll see you. All right, bro, Anthony, coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? <clears throat> Good morning. Best highly favor. I just want to thank God, first of all, for waking me up this morning. Thank you for life, having strength, keeping me in my right mind. Thank you for allowing me to see another day I've never seen before. Thank you for life, health, and strength. And thank you for who he is and me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me at. And I just thank God for, again, for this ministry, for you being obedient to God and doing his will. And <clears throat> thank God for being connected to this ministry, you know, uh, <clears throat> just, you know, listening to the word that went forth this morning. And, you know, just every time I'm going through a storm in a situation, the Lord, the Lord, Put on your heart the place of uh, that is concerned containing the thing that I'm or uh, situation that I may be going through, and just like the, you know this morning, uh, I think thank God you know that you know this is confirmation for you know what you told me, what we talked about, and then today the you come right back you know with this you know so it's just confirmation, and I just thank God for. You know, the anointing on your life and, you know, you being able to hear from God as well as God, the God in me and me humbling myself and being obedient, you know, and humble myself to listen to God, you know, when he's speaking through people. And, you know, I thank him for the way that he changed my way of thinking, you know. So, you know, it's just a blessing. His ministry is a blessing and I just encourage everybody out there to just continue to trust God and and like the man the guy said, no matter what it looked like, you know, just continue to keep trusting God because at the end, you know, you win. So, you know, it's just a blessing. And let's say good morning to everybody out there this morning. Y'all have a blessed day, a blessed rest of the week. And thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this season for me. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Brother Anthony. Thank God for you, and I thank God for that testimony. Because, see, the preacher needs encouraging, too. 
Yeah, the worker needs to be encouraged sometime, and when they encourage, they'll go a little bit further. Uh-huh. They can do a little mm-hmm. bit more, but they feel better about it. Yeah. That's David mm-hmm. called called in and encouraged me and everything, and I'd be excited. He used to call in, and the Spirit of the Lord would touch me. And uh, I know he over there fooling with his wife, so I'm looking at the Jesus lady crying. Go ahead on, Pastor David. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to do it today. I want to say good morning to you, Casper Hamilton. God bless you for tuning in. And if I missed you any morning from a shout-out, please forgive me. And if you hang on, no, I'm going to say hold on a minute. I'm going to dedicate a song to you today. And uh, God bless you again. And, and again, thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure, always a pleasure to see and hear the people of God come in. Yeah, I'm grateful unto the Lord for that. And uh, we're going to this one right here, and uh, I'm going to play this one for Casper Hamilton this morning, and this is a dedication to Irene, I didn't forget you. When we close out, I'm going to uh, play your dedication. I didn't forget you. <laughs> just, just okay. After the old that laugh. <laughs>
This is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, broadcaster. I hope you enjoyed that one right there. That's one of my favorites right there. I like that dancing before the Lord, you see. And uh, I like good, upbeat songs to the Lord. And, and then there is a time for worship songs because we must worship God in spirit and in truth. It's got to be sincere. It must be real from your heart. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. unto him this morning for all he has done, what he's doing right now, right now, and what he's going yeah. to do. Great and mighty things. Look, I'm cooking, y'all. I'm cooking today. And I got to run uh, some soup over uh, for Erica to test and um, bake her pound cake and cornbread, and that's it. And I run it over to her. Uh, she's doing a grand opening on a new building. And so I'll be telling you about that lady and those that are in Jacksonville who want to come over. I'm sure you're invited. And, you know, if there's some things you need or you can use from her, I'm sure she's more than happy for you to come over and help. So that's what I'm doing. I can't eat it. I love the soup. I love the soup. But this particular one, I can't eat it because of salt and sugar. So I'm not eating it. But uh, there's vegetables in it. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I just can't eat it. So it's all right. And I'm training myself. You can see the fried chicken. Smell it. Mmm, smells so good, but don't you touch it, Bob. Yeah. So I'm working on that again. Y'all pray for me. Please pray for me. Because I got to get the weight off. I got to get the weight off. And uh, I, I start and stop, start and stop. But this time I got to go all the way. I got to stop playing. Yeah, I'm getting older by the minute. <laughs> so I got to get the weight off if I'm going Yeah. So we thank God again for all that has been said and done. And if no one else have anything they would like to say this morning. I'm going to close your mic, Irene. If no one else have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out today, and we pray the Lord bring us back for the final finale tomorrow, Friday, uh, yeah, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And I'm working on some special things for tomorrow. My God, baby, Laura will be in. And um, she'll share testimony, Dr. Pauline Dillard would be with us tomorrow, and I just want to surprise you with the morning message, and uh, of course, we are looking forward to some testimonies coming forth, and uh, we thank God for all he has done right here, even today. Uh, yeah, Yvonne called me yesterday and said, Barbara, I just wanted to share this with you. I thank God for you and your ministry. I'm thinking, Yvonne, you told me that today on the show, but she is truly grateful because the Lord worked that thing out for her. And so she's thankful unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I try to redirect people back to the Lord. You know, not to me. I didn't do it. I'm a vessel that he used, but it was him. Hallelujah. We must praise him and never a man or a woman. We must worship him and never a man or a woman. He's got the power. He's got all power. He gave us some power, love and a sound mind. But he's the big one. Hallelujah. They have it all. He can change things, turn it around. I can listen to you, pray for you, but look what I got to do. Go to him. Yeah, to get things turned around for you. Hallelujah. So we're going to look to him. We're going to look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and the earth, and I'm grateful um, unto him today. So thankful, so thankful that he can do it for us. 
So listen, I got a quick request, and then we'll, well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, well, listen, let me go to this quick request and play some of it. And then Will you be my life when I cannot see? When I can't take another step, Lord, will you carry me? And when I've lost my fight, will you be my strength? Will you set me a table in the presence of my enemies? I shall not walk, I shall not walk. Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley and I shall not walk, I shall not walk. I shall not walk Cause my cock's running over, running over And I shall not walk And I will lift my eyes To where my help comes from And I won't be afraid of the shadow Cause I've seen the sun No, I will not stop When the waking Cause the green only grows in the valley and that's where you are Say it I shall not No, no I shall not walk Hey Oh, my soul got a shepherd in the valley and I shall not walk I shall not walk Oh, I shall 
hallelujah, hallelujah, I had to get the door. <laughs> and I hear all the scrubbing and rubbing. I'm like, oh, Lord, but I knew the pest control guy was coming today. I'm like, Gary, I didn't hear that. I could see all the scrubbing. Then it stopped, and I said, Gary, he said, yeah. And I opened the door, because I was not opening it until I knew who was all the scrubbing. I said, no, there's not no bear at the door scrubbing on it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Oh, God is faithful. God is faithful. So listen, we're going to pray out this morning. And again, we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for all that's been said and done. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you are our God and we shall not want. We thank you, Lord, again this morning for all you've done already what you're doing right now, Father, and what you're going to do. Great and mighty things for your people. And, Father, let those that have a praise in their heart, a praise in their mouth, begin to praise you like never before. But, Father, when we praise you, the blessings of you come down upon us. So, Lord, we want to praise you today. We want to praise our way through whatever it is we feel like we're going through today. Lord, whether it be finances, sickness, whatever it is, We want to praise you. We want to bless others. We want to be givers for your love, cheerful givers. And so I'm thankful unto you today. I give you glory, honor, and praise. And Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you this morning. Can't thank you enough. Uh, Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee. While we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace, share the good news of Jesus, and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, August the 18th, 2022, in Jesus' name. And remember this today again. Whatever you're going through, it's only temporary. It won't last forever. It's only temporary. Trust God. Hallelujah. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and I'm going to the last request uh, of the morning. And after this song, I won't be coming back today. God bless you.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.